Hello and welcome to Gear Down the Podcast. I am Betty Mack and as always is my partner in crime, or as I like to call her now, my pod daughter, Grace Sharkey. Hello, Grace. Hello. I love that nickname, by the way. The pod daughter? The pod daughter? Yes. Especially with your accent, you know, like comes off like stronger, like like, like you could really do something for me if I needed to make the calls. <laughs> the Boston thing, really? You're bringing that up now? Wicked, yeah. wicked pissa? Nice. Yeah. Awesome. Wicked smart. Wicked smart. So I know you've had a busy week. Uh, F3 and all of you guys down there, Freight Waves have been going crazy. Loved it. It was a great opportunity from technology. Those demos that they were doing were were pretty impressive. Um, yeah. And being someone from an op side and kind of on a technical side now with my logistics background, I saw so many different benefits on where these things could go, which kind of leads us to today. Um, Our guest today is Matt Fain of Pop Capacity, um, and they're a digital 3PL warehousing solution. And it's it's really cool when you think about it. Again, I would never have thought that this would be a viable thing 10, 15 years ago, but now the way the market's going. So without further ado, hello, Matt Fain. Hello, hello. Thank you for having me, guys. Anytime, anytime. Yeah, we're... um, we're really intrigued by this and just to try to understand, give us that 20,000 foot view. What What is Pop Capacity? Yeah, for sure. So Pop Capacity is the first true digital marketplace for warehousing and fulfillment space. Um, I think it's something that everybody's needing in dire need of right now, some sort of capacity to put their product. Um, so it's very timely, but we're using we're using AI, data, and virtual touring to quickly accelerate and enhance the way that shippers are finding this really important capacity right now, right? So rather than going to a Google search and trying to find a warehouse who has space and making those series of phone calls and emails, ultimately to find out that there's not none, or they don't focus on the commodity you need, or whatever it may be, and it, it really helped accelerate that whole discovery process. So yeah, I think... Like I said, from a timing perspective, it is perfect for uh, what the market needs right now. Now, was there any holdback on this from when COVID started and launched? Because it's, again, the timing couldn't have been more perfect, but was there a opportunity where you said, not now, not now, and then now? From the market? You know, the thought has been, I mean, on-demand warehousing has came on the scene, has been on the scene for the past five years, right? You got companies like Flex and Flowspace and Where to Go, guys like that that are out there that have really identified what on-demand warehousing really was. You know, funny story, and this is kind of how I got into the tech side of this uh, of supply chain was, I mean, I started out as a 3PL. I got, you know, I cut my teeth as a 3PL logistics, owned a franchise here in Atlanta, and then worked for various truckload brokerages. And I decided I wanted to go sit in the front seat and, and drive a truck. So I started an expedited courier company. This is where all the crazy ideas started happening. I was on the road a lot. I was traveling, had a lot of window time, had a lot of time to catch up on good articles, podcasts, stuff of that nature. And this on-demand warehousing buzzword kept coming up, right? On-demand, short-term, pop-up warehousing. Then we started seeing our business sector. So our core business going from final mile expedited services to, hey, do you have warehouse space? And I need warehouse space in three, four different locations, but it's not that much, maybe 20,000 square foot. The answer was no every time. One thing I'd learned in my experience in logistics and brokering is find your lane, make your money right? Don't spread off into different areas. You could be the jack of all trades and a master of nothing. It's can be challenging in such a big pool. But so that's when we were like, I, was, I started to think, okay, if the requests keep going that way, how can we digitize this experience to where it's not a manual cumbersome process for me? And that's where it started. And then, you know, like I said, it just, it really, it was perfect timing, the perfect storm. So very cool. Yeah, it's really cool. And I, 
So, you know, it's funny, I think back to like my days in logistics and, you know, you'd have those situations where either I did a lot of food deliveries and, and different things of that nature. And you'd have these situations where, you know, it's it's Friday, right? Or and the truck can't get unloaded, which is like the worst phone call to ever make back to a truck, right? Yep. And the first thing they're going to always ask you is, well, where, where am I going to go drop this thing, right? right. And do you find like, I, I would think like in, when you're talking about like on demand, this is like a perfect reasoning to use top capacity, right? Like. I at least expected that I would have to do this right now, but here's a way for me to reach out and try to figure out who in my area can can take this stuff off the truck, which is going to help with our capacity issues, right? Because then we don't yep. have this truck down all weekend. That's right. That's right. You can get that cat back out on the road and have it, you know, getting more containers or picking up more product, whatever it may be. And it's, it's a perfect use case. So we do use pop-up capacity a lot as this type of emergency style type of capacity, right? And we saw it being leveraged back in the deep freeze uh, in Dallas last year, right? There was a ton of truckload yeah. and carriers out there that were stuck and that yeah. either, you know, needed to transload their product and get off the road and get to somewhere where it's a little bit warmer or just get off road period. And we provided about 12 or different tractors that opportunity uh, by just tapping into the marketplace and finding out, okay, this warehouse has spot and they're open and they will t- receive product in. I mean, to even look at that a little bit more, right? Just look at the shift in what product's doing. Now you mentioned grocery store delivery. Now that same day, right? Mm-hmm. There's, if you don't have brick and mortar, how are you going to accomplish same day delivery, right? Look at what Dollar General just did with DoorDash on a same day delivery basis. If you don't have those retail storefronts, how do you accomplish that as a shipper, as a merchant? You go to Amazon, Amazon costs money. We're giving people an opportunity to tap into this like micro fulfillment, nano fulfillment marketplace as well, yeah. to where they can use their, you know, certain SKUs need to go here, here, and here all in this nano fulfillment environment. So it's been, it's been a really cool overflow too, yeah. right? More people are bringing in more product than ever before, right? Ben, Benny, we talked about this. This is a, uh, it went from just in time to just in case. Yes. I think everybody realized that, Ooh, those certain SKUs that we didn't want to hold on to, well, maybe we needed them. So now they're stockpiling stuff. There's not yeah. enough warehouse space for it. So how has it been for you? guys especially around like regional areas near the ports congested uh we're we're super tight but that's why we've been steadily focused on finding anybody and everybody whether you're under construction whether you're you know your lease is about to come through whether you have seasonality to your business where are all the capacity and and how do we put them in our marketplace so what does it mean to be a partner with pop capacity walk me through that like where someone becomes a partner well it's it's twofold so we've got you know we're a subscription-based model so we're not a broker we don't you know mark up stuff and 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 resell it. That's not the nature of what we do, but you subscribe to both sides. So if you're a shipper looking for warehouse space or fulfillment capacity, you subscribe. And then conversely, if you're a supplier looking to showcase your space in a digital way, you subscribe. So on the shipper side, you know, you gain access to over 30 million square foot of fulfillment and warehousing space at your fingertips, fully inclusive of virtual touring. So you don't have to hop on a plane and go virtual tour a not so sexy warehouse, right? There are four, four walls, dock doors, and racks. Material handle equipment, sometimes there's robots and automatic automation in there. But for the most part, you can get the essence of that warehouse through our VR. And if it's multiple redundant projects, let's just say you need the same scope of work in multiple markets, we've got the ability to build that scope of work, use our AI to find the right player in each market. So that's from a shipper's perspective or for someone looking for space. Now, from a warehouse perspective, we've completely digitized the way that they go to market, right? There's no digital format right now for a 3PO warehouse to raise their hand and say, hey, click here and you can see my full profile with pictures, virtual touring, and my state of capacity. It doesn't happen, right? It's a phone call they have to field. So they get all the digital features that really kind 
help accelerate that discovery cycle for them identifying a good customer, as well as they get to use the AI, right? So the AI is doing the same thing as doing for the shipper, but it's now it's just filtering the good to that supplier. Ultimately, giving back a little bit of his day, right? Don't entertain a hazmat, hazardous goods opportunity if you're a food grade warehouse. Kill, kill it at the scene, right? Don't waste any hour of our time. How do you, so how have you gone about, I guess, one, building these relationships with the warehouses, right? Where they like trust that, because I would, I would think that a warehouse's mind is my biggest fear is that because these could be unexpected drops that are they going to pick up, right? Like, is right. am I going to have trouble getting this out of my warehouse? And then two, like, how have you, is your, have you integrated into all of their systems to know what's available? Like, that's what I think would be difficult is like the on-demand knowing, okay, we've got this much space for this much product. Yep. So, and we do more than on-demand, right? So the on-demand part is just what we do. A lot of our, you know, our minimum term right now on a short-term engagement is 12 months. So not really on it. We do have those pop-up situations with larger enterprises are like, hey, we're already using 200,000 square foot in the marketplace. We need a 10,000 square foot pop-up in Seattle. Those do happen. And, but for the most part, we are focused on the longer initiatives, right? Taking a software company from a traditional fulfillment to micro fulfillment, allowing you know a, a national mattress retailer the ability to do D to C door side delivery on bulk mattresses, right? Yeah. And those are all long term initiatives. Those those gave us the ability to prepare and and present that scope of work to the appropriate party. We consider those enterprise accounts, right? We treat those a little bit differently. But as far as a question on how do we maintain the data integrity? I guess, right? How do we how do we ensure that our suppliers are staying up to tune? We reward them. So as you build and create your profile, you, you build your profile based on you know what your facility requirements are and all the state of capacity you have now. And then as the more active you are in it, the higher you rank within our algorithm. So for example, if someone's typing in Atlanta, Georgia, 40,000 square foot of ambient space, it is automatically going to populate to the per- people who are POP certified, which have already paired with a shipper in our marketplace and or who are active within it. So we're using kind of like the Zillow effect, right? So if you're looking yeah. for a house in, let's just say Chattanooga, and it's between a house that's been on the market on one day or house that's been on the market for 287 days, I promise you you're gravitating towards that one-on-one day, right? You know, the information is real, data is accurate. So that's the mechanism we're using now is more of like a, we will grant you a higher ranking or we give you get you know better rankings within the searching. If you stay active within it, there are some pretty cool stuff on the roadmap as how we can maybe repurpose and light our technology or RFID to help accomplish some of these same things. So they don't have to come in and touch the marketplace to update. We automatically are giving it to them. So stay tuned. That's awesome. <laughs> and with, with your product, you know, obviously in between the shippers and the suppliers are the carriers. So when you think of the actual people who are moving this, uh, the people who are hired that, is there an opportunity for carriers to actually use pop capacity? And how I envision this is someone who has, you know, 37 units, 37 trailers, and they're doing OTR from coast to coast, but they want to do a handoff, but drivers may not be able to coordinate. Is this something that could be set up to you guys to have like a midpoint and say, okay, Kansas City, when you're coming through here, here's our address for our pop-up facility. Um, is, is that an opportunity within your, your office? Yes. Yeah, we're working on a couple of strategic partnerships with a few different 3PLs in the market that may add that element to it, right? Pop capacity is not more is, is more than just warehousing fulfillment space. For every 3PL and for every fulfillment center, they have trucks too, right? So we're this really marketplace for capacity, whether it be trucking, warehousing, fulfillment, DRE, whatever it may be, we have the ability to tap into it. So yes, there is some definite synergy between 
trucking and the warehousing side and we've identified them. We're just trying to figure out how to bridge that gap and either blend it into a, either blend their information into our marketplace or, or vice versa, right? Us start putting our network into their marketplaces and saying, hey, here's a transload spot. Here's an overflow spot. Hey, here's some yard, or truck yard storage for yeah. containers, right? We're getting really creative with how we're identifying the capacity and what we're putting in a marketplace and then how we can integrate back into some of these TMSs to maybe add some value to. Very cool. Because that's that was the area that I, it's popped up a lot lately. Um, Grace and I here in Clubhouse and a couple of other things where people are taking the opportunity for cheap land and especially down in your area, yeah. Atlanta. Oh, yeah. Um, I, yeah. We have this one gentleman that we know and he's probably going to get on the show, uh, the Freight King he's called. And he's bought five parcels, I think, around the country and he's mowing down the trees and he's creating yards, but they're not necessarily dwellings. A couple of them are going to have dwellings. But one of the feedback that I was um, reaching out and finding out from other carriers is they're not allowed to obviously someone just to store their truck there with somebody else's freight on there. So it has to be a facility, you know, obviously for liability and insurance and also the commitment with the product. Those type of things are what's very important. So that's where, again, I could see even these guys with the yards to have relationships with you guys for whenever they can do those things. Yep, absolutely. I mean, that, the reality is we're the most frictionless marketplace out there, right? I mean, we don't we don't stand in the middle as a broker, like I said, I don't, we don't hold any conversations. Our objective was to leverage our marketplace style technology to enhance and accelerate the way that these people connect. That doesn't mean we're interjected in the middle. That means they speak directly. That way we can get these initiatives done quicker. So yeah, it's our whole goal right now is to identify, like I said, every bit of capacity in North America right now, whether it be yard, inside warehouse, outside warehouse, right outside of port storage. And when we have all that integrated in there, then everybody can tap into it and kind of repurpose it for how they need. And it's a, it's a really exciting thing right now. Really exciting to be in timing to be in it too. Yeah, I think that, you know, uh, for anyways, a lot of times we talk about like editorial staff, like what are our hot, hot topics? Like things that we, maybe not conspiracy theories, but kind of like theories about where the industry is going that might be a little uh, aggressive, right? And the one I always tell people is I truly believe that micro-fulfillment is going to completely change the way that we move freight around the country. I think you're already starting to see it. Miles are starting to drop. And what's the the easiest thing for us to automate is long over the road trucking, right? So like if we can automate that to be safer and then just have these little uh, shorter hauls for going from warehouse to warehouse, then you can theoretically pull off the the just in time right because it's not just in time coming from california it's just in time coming from the the town next to you um and i just you know you start seeing even like ghost kitchens and like all these different ways that companies are starting to make these like little pop-up locations based on consumer sentiment it's huge and i'm just really excited to see you know, how warehousing evolves. And and I love seeing this, this type of marketplace, because you're really, personally, I think that you're jumping on the ball at the perfect time. Because, you know, right now, everyone's obsessed with more of the marketplace for trucking, right? Like, I can't find trucks, I can't find trucks. Okay, well, once you get out of the truck, where are you gonna put it, you know? Right. right. (laughs) And and this is the answer to to the to the second problem that you see. So I think it's a perfect timing for you guys. I'm excited to see you grow. And it's, Thank you. Yeah, it's just I think I think we're really gonna see micro fulfillment like in general just take over and make sure that you know the stores have what, when we need them. But more importantly, what do we all want at the end of the day? Uh, I'm literally actually it's funny I'm dealing with this right now. We want our stuff to deliver tomorrow, right? right. Like I, I, I literally have a package I just checked out, and I'm like, when is this thing getting here? And it's like <laughs> the only way I think we're starting to realize in Amazon as well is like I can't have you pay this Prime membership. I can't have you have this 
two day delivery promise if I can't even make the transit and have enough time. Right, right. So uh, good stuff. Uh, exciting, exciting venture for you for sure. Very, very much so. We're excited to see where things go. No, and well, plus there's also, there's one last thing. As we all know, the malls, the malls across the country, they're, all, <laughs> they're half empty. Yeah. Except unless they have an anchor store like a Nordstrom's or a Macy's that's attached to the biggest building in the malls. So these businesses are still out there, but they're going to need these type of spaces because they've yep. gone all either 100% e-commerce or they're just using small frontage. So yeah. again, this seems like there is an expansive untapped market for you guys or low-hanging fruit, which kind of like the last question that I'd like to ask is, you know, what, what do you see are the key areas and benefits from taking in perspective this current market, the COVID? the capacity, the strain on supply chain, and how is it going to morph tomorrow for when I guess we're in the new norm or whatever that is? How, how do you feel our capacity is going to be from that logistics culture? Yeah, I think we'll be very well positioned, right? Because we've already identified all the fulfillment players out there. So as you're going into this new micro-fulfillment world, nano-fulfillment world, just in case, whatever it may be, you've already identified your partners quickly and directly. So I think we're going to be the, the tool that allowed people to find the next best partnership to help complement these big initiatives that they thought they weren't going to achieve and allow us to, you know, kind of be that place that you go on any future uh, capacity type, you know, needs. So we're, we're excited, you know, we're on a steady sprint to continue finding players because without the, without the supply, then it will be no demand. Right. And, and the demand's here. So we're just continue chipping away and finding all these guys. And it's funny that you'd mentioned, right. These, these dark stores, if you would, because we've identified that this big need for smaller foot footprints, more automation, more robotics, and more locations. And some of one of the partners that we identified has done this, right? They're opening up inside these malls right next to the finish lines, right? And they're repurposing that as, hey, we're going to do our own e-commerce fulfillment. But hey, whoever else is in this mall, bring your stuff, walk your stuff over to us and we'll fulfill it for you. And they've had some really, really good successes in it. So to answer your question, I think we're going to be in a really good position as being the the aid that was there and the help and, and the assistance that was there when needed on, on trying to fulfill some of these big initiatives and, and getting into these new footprints and distribution models. So this is this has been actually great. And, you know, for full disclaimer for listeners, uh, I've known Matt for quite a few years and the 3PL that he worked at is where we work. And um, so we're the kind of the old school guys. So seeing you take this leap into this technology stuff and, you know, kudos to you for being behind the wheel. That windshield yeah. time obviously helped you out from this creative standpoint. So we'd love to, you know, follow you along this path. And, you know, we're thinking about these shows as we go along, Grace and I, that we'd love to have a tech forum. Um, and in include everybody from the the truck driver, you know, cab tech, right down to the warehousing tech, and just kind of have a forum to see how, how, do, we, how do we all relate? Um, and then who knows, maybe we'll have our own little uh, virtual convention, you know, there you go. we can get things going <laughs> together. I, I definitely appreciate your time. And Grace, I don't know if you want to add on to that. No, it's, uh, it's exciting to see just so many areas that people are trying to evolve. You know, trucking is just so behind on things. And like, I'm maybe like a, a young, young fawn, you know, like, but I've, I've been in this industry for 10 years. And it's like, if I go back to like the day I started, even how I communicated with drivers. And, and if I was to start a brokerage all over again today, it would just be done completely different. And it's, yep. you know, I can't, I mean, I lived through the cell phone, you know, like the whole generation. So 
I, for me, it's even moving quicker than that. And yep. I, I'm excited that there's people, I always love technology in the space that comes from people with knowledge and time in the space. And yep. so I think that what makes me excited about pop is that you have someone who's lived it, who's, who's been in a logistics company that also helps with, with more of this full, like 4PL experience, right? So right. you know exactly how business scales, what they'll need as they scale in something like this, you know, be, ability to get warehouse space, uh, knowing that you're scaling into it is going to be so powerful. So congrats to you. That's great. Thank to you hear. so much. Thank you so much. Yeah, it's been an exciting ride and we're super excited about the future and just the amount of influence technology is having in supply chain, like you said, is amazing. And yeah. I love seeing it too. I love seeing people identify some areas that they can change it and actually put some motion towards it. So very cool. Awesome. So where can people find you? You can always go to our website at popcapacity.com. Um, you can follow me on LinkedIn. I believe it's Matthew, parentheses, Matt Fain. And then, yeah, that's it. Or you can, re e you can email us at hello at popcapacity.com. Outstanding. Oh, Outstanding. Well, Grace and I truly appreciate that. And I can't wait to get down there and uh, get some of my brave swagger. There you go. You know, being up here. and We missed it, but I've, I've always been chopping on. There you, you know? go. Go Bravos. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> it's been a long time coming. So. Absolutely. But um, definitely thank you. And as Benny Mack, you know, for gear down the podcast, thank you all for your time. Thank you. And my pod daughter. Oh, yes. Thank you, everyone. Appreciate it. Thank you, pod father, for, <laughs> for having me right. here today. All right. Have a great weekend, everyone. See you guys. Had fun. Thanks. Bye.